to We Teach Clay, a podcast for ceramic teachers looking to share ideas and to connect. My name is Julie Newman, and I am your host. Hi, and thanks for coming back. My next guest is the first person I met at my first Unseca in Pittsburgh. We were both looking for a K-12 workshop, and it had been mislabeled in the catalog. We ended up chatting, and then we hung out for a lot of the conference. Together with a few other friends that we met at that same conference, we formed this group of kindred spirits, and now we meet up at Unseca every year. Our guest is a ceramics teacher in the San Francisco Bay Area. In this episode, he discusses moving to online instruction and the technology learning curve. We discuss the challenges with our instructional delivery systems, and he offers several lesson ideas that you can begin to incorporate into your curriculum. So let's jump into our interview with Mike Tilson. We are here on We Teach Clay with Mike Tilson, a ceramics educator. And hi, Mike. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, Julie. It's yeah. nice to see you. Or talk nice to, to see you, rather. You. See and talk to you, but for everybody yeah. else here. Uh, could you give us a little bit of background about where you live and what's going on in your region of the world? Yeah, so uh, I live in um, the San Francisco Bay Area, California, and we um, and I teach three miles away. So it's a really short commute, which is definitely a bonus. But um, we're halfway between San Jose and San Francisco. And uh, for people who aren't from the area or region, kind of Stanford University is really close by. So that's kind of a good place to use as a landmark. Excellent. Now, San Francisco was the first region to really kind of shut down in the nation. Is that correct? Yeah, that's my understanding. Um, We had, uh, I think it was Monday, this past Monday was, I think, the 16th. And... um, we had a scheduled a staff meeting via Zoom, and that got postponed because of the announcement that we were oh, going to wow. go to a shelter in place. Okay. Now, you guys were already home at that point, right? You're, the students and teachers were already off well, site? The, the, the Friday before was announced that that was going to be, um, that Friday was our last day with students, and then Monday was a staff day on campus to oh. prepare and kind of get ready for um, the shift to distance learning. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So now San Francisco is on a shelter in place. Actually, all of California is now, I'm in Southern California. We are also in shelter in place and it just seems everything is changing and moving so quickly and we're all just adapting and, and, and sitting in it and making it work some uh, better, some worse, but, but we're all in it together. So, um, why don't you give me a little bit about your classroom, a little background about what classes you teach, how many students you have, uh, that, that kind of information. Um, okay, yeah, so we've got, the school I teach at is, um, it's a public uh, school, and we've got about 2,500 students on campus. Okay. And then the ceramics program serves about 300 students in one year. Uh, there's okay. nine sections, nine classes, and I teach five of those. Okay, so, so there's got, two teachers? Yeah, two teachers. Um, gotcha. So I, I teach uh, about 175 students throughout a typical day. And then my studio mate has four periods. Okay. So it's just the remainder. 
That's a great program. That's that's a lot of kids coming through ceramics for that size of a school. Yeah, it's it's um, it's grown to be a really strong program, and we've got a lot of good support from administration and from community. So that's nice. Oh, that's so great to hear. How are they all intro classes? Do you have second level AP classes? Uh, so I have most. Um, so eight of the nine sections are intro uh, or ceramics one, and then I have one section that's uh, ceramics two, three combo okay um, there's yeah. like 30 students in that class and and two students um were planning on submitting a portfolio this year for ap3d for AP. yeah okay. for ap3d yeah yeah there's so many things now that we're dealing with this coronavirus uh shelter in place and it, there's just so many things in the air right now um yeah Okay, well, that sounds like quite a robust program. So now with that many students shifting online uh, to distance learning, virtual learning, uh, do your students have access to technology? Uh, are they one-to-one -one with your school? No, uh, not one-to-one. -one. There's a lot of technology on campus. Okay. Um, so we're in pretty good shape. And with the shift to distance learning, we I think it's been two years now that we've had Canvas as our, oh, yeah. uh, our content management system. Um, or learning management and but it's been kind of uh, it's been pretty minimal in terms of what the expectation is from the district on how to use it so so there's no mandate you have to do X Y and Z is it like a transition period for you all it's it's kind of a long transition period uh, <laughs> and the mandate is like you have to um, you have to be able to post every couple of weeks an assignment or major assignments need to be posted there um, the grade book has to have something in it every couple of weeks kind of thing so that you can use it for what it is, right? A communication tool for the families and students. Right. Absolutely. And, and now the, the grade book, you know, Canvas manages all of the grading as well if your school chooses to use it that way. Right. Right. Okay, good. Um, do you, so you've, have you been using Canvas casually over the last two years or would you say that you've been in it, using it? your students are familiar with the way that you use it? Uh, I, I am pretty casual with technology at this point. Uh, I have a history with technology. I previously taught some web design courses and some um, graphic design. And uh, I, then I kind of slowly worked my way into ceramics full-time. Uh, so I've got a bit of a love-hate relationship with the technology. <laughs> I got but, you. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but we've, I don't know. For my students, I have done um, just like submit an, a, a finished picture, right? Or a picture of the finished piece. Right. And write a little description of it or a reflection. Um, so we've used it a little bit in my class. And so some aspects are not, um, not too foreign. Gotcha. But then uh, when we made the move, I tried some new features on Canvas and that ended up being brutal. So. Oh, oh no. Big learning curve. <laughs> Big learning curve. I think you know, I, I, I'm so glad that you're willing to share that because I think a lot of educators right now are looking at this learning curve with this shift online and they're kind of freaking out. Uh, and that's okay. You know, that's okay. We all, you know, are going to have to come to this with our, the skills that we have and to be honest with ourselves and then start learning. You know, it's right. just like any other thing we've done in education. They're, they're always changing, you know, philosophies and approaches and, and adding things to our plate as far as how we're delivering instruction. And this is just a new thing. 
uh, unfortunately, it's it's immediate. We've got to adapt immediately under these circumstances. So, um, okay. So I believe you are already in the thick of this online learning, correct? You did not have spring break yet. Um, When did you start moving online and what did you teach in the first week? What were your assignments? Yeah. So the, yeah, this past week was our first one um, online and not all of our students have, um, either technology or access to internet at home. Okay. So the district uh, purchased a couple thousand Wi-Fi hotspots um, and they didn't start getting delivered until Thursday this past week. Okay. Um, And knowing that, knowing that there was gonna be a distribution of the technology, uh, I just started on Monday and put out a discussion board for the students and said, Um, just kind of check in and upload a piece of ceramic work you have at your house. Uh, so I could see, you know, are they getting my messages and instruction? Um, are they able to upload an image? That's pretty basic function, especially for the visual arts, right? Right. Um, It's kind of important. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, but then that's where I, I hit my wall because, uh, I haven't used that feature before. And then I found myself, um, with 175 students like posting an image and just that one assignment was a ridiculous amount of work to go through. Um, and the, I don't know, some students had the image embedded right in the message, so that was okay. easy. Most of them though had it like attached, so I had to download it, look at the image, uh. go back to the discussion board and be like, oh, that's a nice piece and talk to them about it. Uh, so I learned what not to do. Right. I, th- I think that that's going to happen a lot right now. We think, oh, this is going to be a great assignment and you do it and you're like, wait, uh. Right. Uh, those little hiccups as far as technology is concerned, when when we have to click multiple times to view what the students have submitted, it's the silliest little thing. But when you have to do it 170 times, it becomes so burdensome. Yeah. So uh, 100%, if you can figure out how to use your learning system to your advantage. Um, I know that in Google Classroom, whenever we have an assignment where you upload a picture, and I'm saying this for the benefit of the masses at this point, not specifically for you. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people are using Google Classroom. When you grade, when you click on the students that have submitted, it opens up a window and it preloads the images for you in that. I believe in Canvas, because I used Canvas at my last school, there's also um, that same way, but I, I don't think it's in the discussion board. I think it's in an actual assignment. So right, right. you gotta, you gotta move through these things. Um, and I would encourage you to submit these simple assignments so that you can work through the kinks so that when you're ready to, to do, you know, a heavy assignment that, you know, exactly the way you want your students to do it. All right, so now that you're working out some of those kinks with um, you know, how students are submitting work, where are you headed? What are your ideas for these next couple of weeks? Because this is no longer a two-week shutdown. We're now looking at multiple weeks here. What are your ideas moving forward? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm still sticking with one of my first ideas, which is kind of part of the final exam for the course, um, which we do a mini masterpiece. So they choose a piece uh, of ceramic from history. Uh, they do a little research part of it and talk about the what, the why, the where, the how, the who, the purpose. Okay. 
um, and then they replicate it in a you know, six to eight inch kind of miniature. Um, so with clay? With Typically clay. in class, it would be in, in clay? Okay. Right, right. And that would be a final project leading up to the day of the final where we'd have our little exhibit kind of thing okay. uh, for each class. And but, those are fired and glazed, like they actually do all the way through. Okay. Right. And so what I figured when I thought it was a two week, um, a two week distant learning, I said, well, we can still do the research part of it and the planning part of it. Right. And, uh, so I put that out to the students this past week. And I, again, started kind of slow and said, well, just all we're doing right now is choosing a piece and choose a first piece and a second piece in case someone else, because I don't want to duplicate in the same class period. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, choose your pieces. And then um, the idea was when we get back into the studio, you can start the replication of it. Okay. Now, are these pieces that they're choosing, are they three-dimensional pieces? Do you provide like a list of artists or any guidelines for them? Uh, I, I have some a short list of artists. I gave them a few ideas. Um, I sent them to a History of Ceramics Instagram account. Um, okay. And uh, so it's pretty open. Yeah, but it limited to ceramic pieces. Okay. So we've done like face jugs in the past and, um, you know, Greek amphoras and there's a, there's a huge range. So it's, it's, is it vessel based? It could be also sculptural based. It doesn't matter as long as it's in clay. Yeah. As long Great. as it's in clay. Okay. History of, I need to look that up. History of ceramics on Instagram. I've never, uh, I've never seen that one. Yeah. It's kind of fun. It's, um, Ben Carter, uh, oh. started it a while ago. Okay. Um, I don't see a whole lot of updates, but I'm not on Instagram a whole lot. So, but maybe just a, a really good resource, what he's posted in the past. Yeah, um, definitely. Okay, cool. I'll check that one out. Um, excellent. So now you're using that. What are you going to do with the sculptural piece if we don't return to school? Is uh, the project just going to be the research base? Yeah, it'll just be research. And then um, I'll have them do a short video of okay. uh, like them. Um, you know, the student can just video themselves giving the presentation and that'll be the, that'll be the culminating project. Excellent. So uh, they'll describe the piece, all of the who, what, where, when, why, those things that you said. Was the sculptural piece that they made, was it a replica or were they making a remix? Was it, were they bringing in their own ideas on that? Um, my goal was to have them do a replica. Okay, cool. And then that way they would think about construction techniques and how the, you know, the surface design or decoration and what was done previously. Mm -hmm. Good. Do you have any other ideas moving forward? How else are you going to fill the time for these students? Because that research paper is, or that research is going to take some time. Um, anything else that you have the kids doing? Um, yeah, I mean, like, I think what we'll do is probably pull out couple episodes of the great pottery throwdown and yeah, have absolutely. them watch that and you know um maybe plan on how they would do a piece the the season three i think one of the early episodes has um like a breakfast set right so oh yeah toast holder and uh teacups and so kind of think about that um and come up with some questions i have a really good uh a really good group of teachers in the district that we talked to. Um, so we've kind of talked about that and a couple of them have put out some questions and 
Yeah, I think I, on the Facebook, the ceramics teacher K through 12 Facebook page, I've seen a lot of people posting worksheets, handouts to go with the um, Great Pottery Throwdown uh, mm -hmm. episodes. There was somebody put out a like a 10 page document with a worksheet for every single episode oh, in wow. season two. I was like, oh, my gosh. Uh, but I really do like uh, instead of just watch and fill out the handout. I really like taking it a step further and saying, how, what would you have done in this challenge? What would your piece look like? Um, and through distance learning, it's really hard, right? With this distance learning, we can't actually have them make it, but they could write about it. They could sketch about it. And those artifacts could then, a picture could be taken of that and then uploaded to Canvas or Google Classroom. So right. thank you for that. I think that that takes that Great Pottery Throwdown idea to the next level. Uh, and I think that a lot of people are looking for those kind of things to make what we're doing more meaningful, like how it's not just informational. We really need to remember that we're teaching these kids critical thinking and that takes that assignment to a whole, a whole nother level. Yeah. Have you, you've had students turn in um, that one discussion board and you said it was a lot of work uh, going through and responding to those students. Did you find that you had the majority of your students actually did the assignment or you, do you have a handful of students that haven't? I have a handful of students that haven't. Um, and so that's one of my things on Monday is to follow up and check in with them individually. Um, and again, the, you know, the school has been putting a lot of effort into making sure everyone can be connected. Um, so there's, uh, there's a group of people that will follow up on the tech side to see if those okay. students just don't have the tech or access to it or, you know, what the deal is. Right. Because it could be a variety of things. Uh, you know, in my district, we've talked about those kids could be sick or a family member could be sick. Uh, they could be taking care of their siblings. They could not have the Internet there. I mean, there's just a whole list of things that could be happening with them. In my first week, I had about 25 percent of my students did not submit. And so I'm looking at that and thinking, not only do I have to grade and respond to my 150-ish students that did submit, I now have to track down 45 who did not submit. Right. And this online learning thing has taken, it's gone to another level at that point. Something that we would have been able to do in the classroom in a matter of moments, you know, check in with 10 kids. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now is going to take an afternoon to it's check in with, with Where's them. Waldo? So, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think, you know, I've been I've been saying this the last couple episode, episodes is that we really need to be graceful with ourselves and provide ourselves a buffer and some time. Uh, we're not going to get this perfect for a bit and we have to be okay with that. And, Far from perfect. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, now that we have this free time, obviously it's filled with grading and assignments and, and brainstorming and coming up with creative ideas uh, for our students. What are you, because I know you're an artist, what are you doing with your free time to, um, I, I mean, there's no other way to say not go crazy, <laughs> to, right. to be creative and, and to feel, to fill yourself. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think because I, I don't feel like there's a whole lot of free time yet. Um, yeah. My, that that mistake uh, that I made with that um, one assignment, I think, is a huge chunk of time that was that was spent uh, where I could have done other things. Right. Um, I hear you. But it, 
I did go for a run. Uh, it was nice to go out and get some exercise and some fresh air. Um, I met up with a friend and did the social distancing, ran six feet apart. Nice. Um, Shout it as you ran. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And that was really nice. Like that was 12 o'clock and not something you would ever get to do during a regular school day or a typical school day. Right. Right. Or not something that I'm available. I'm able to do for myself. So that's been nice. Um, I've, I've done some cleaning. So that shelf Mm -hmm. right back there. Oh, nice. You can see on the video is, uh, is empty. Yeah. You're in your um, studio. I can see all this, uh, beautiful ceramic supplies and things. It's nice yeah. to get organized. So just some organization. Um, and then I've also been kind of working on some, some sketches. I, I like the idea of the daily, daily creativity or daily sketching. Um, and so I've got a ton of resources now, um, that kind of show different ways to do it and how, how others are dealing with that and oh, wow. keeping track of what they're doing or. Um, so yeah, this is your thing. Nice. You've, you've done this in the past. I've seen you've posted on your Instagram that you you've done like a daily draw. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was the hundred day project, which yeah. is, is gearing up for this year. Um, I think that I made it to like day 65 Wow. and then school ended and the lack of structure of summer just, <laughs> yeah floored that project so <laughs> but that's a lot 60 days that's impressive um and uh, if you look at some of the drawings i don't know how impressive it is well but i i think you get to the idea of the fact that you're you're being observational right so even though we might not be spending a ton of time on the actual sketch and being you know uh, having that go to its full potential just looking around and being observational and then taking pen or pencil to paper is, is creating that space in our brain for the creativity. Yeah. And again, going back to, I guess, to be nicer to myself, going back to like the daily act of creating something, yeah. um, you start to get fidgety. So yeah. then that we had, we did have a staff meeting on Friday through zoom. Um, okay. That's been the thing. So I did this little pinch bot during that meeting. Oh well, <laughs> uh, just to kind Such of keep an artist. occupied. Drawers, doodle, ceramic teachers, pinch pot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. Whether I keep it or not, I don't know yet. But do you have a kiln at home? I do. Yeah. Okay, so you can fire. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about that cup that I keep seeing you drink out of. It's lovely. Tell our listeners what you have there. Uh, so it's a cup from um, Patricia Griffin, who's in Cambria, California, which is. Uh, central coast um and uh it's a it's a black cup with sgraffito um and there's like a some kind of blackbird and some stars in the background Mm -hmm. and then a little bit of a checkerboard pattern but i i take cups with me or mugs with me to school and i share uh with the students and this is always this you know when when it's time to talk about sgraffito this is my go-to oh um, yeah because it's got such a good such a good feel, number one, but then it's just the detail, like in the wings and mm-hmm. whatever he's standing yeah, on. Yeah, it's so beautiful. That texture and the background. Yeah. That's nice. Um, showing, asking you about that cup and you telling me that you took it in to your classroom just put a little spark in my head of an idea um, for my students. They, I keep saying they really want to connect. Our students really want to see us and hear us and connect with us. Mm -hmm. And 
it would be instead of just a Monday mug, what, what is it? Monday mug shot? Mug shot Monday. Yeah. yeah. Mug shot Monday. Um, maybe every day I have a little cup of tea and record a video and show them my different cup. Cause I have my collection at home could probably last through this shutdown <laughs> through the end of the year. It could be a different cup every day and talk about the artist and why I chose it, why I purchased it, why it's meaningful to me, why I like drinking out of it. Uh, so yeah. thank you for sparking that idea in my brain. Yeah. Um, and it's like going back to that about the connection. And that's, that's really, I think, um, again, kind of what, what we used to know is normal. That's a huge serve. That's a huge aspect that we serve the students, right? Is just the communal aspect and the, and the conversation that comes is much different. I feel during class and in class in the studio than it is in, um, in other classes. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Uh, so what I've done, um, one thing that I've done is just kind of have open office hours on Zoom, um, like from nine to 11 every day. And I put it out there on announcements and say, hey, here's the meeting invitation. Show up if you have questions, if you, have, you know, just whatever. And I've had a lot of students just kind of check in. And um, it's been interesting to hear from their perspective what's going on for other teachers, what they're doing, mm -hmm. how they're dealing with it. Um, so I think that's a really important aspect too. Yeah. So let me get this right. You open a Zoom conference and you leave it open all day? Just for two hours in the morning. Oh, two hours in the morning. Okay. Yeah. So 9 a.m. to 11 and I've, okay. that's been the first week. Um, and I think I'm going to continue. And that has some issues on their own, right? Some students will pop in and be like, oh, I, I can't be here right now. I have my, um, my advanced bio teacher right. is holding a lesson right now. Right, right. Um, I, I like that, that that's just office hours. It's not formal. Uh, students can come and go as they please. There's no pressure because I do believe that there are a lot of other classes that are scheduling lectures and lessons uh, and, and with the hope that they're posting those, recording them and posting them for students that miss them. But uh, I, I think our students just really want to check in. They just want to pop in and see our faces and, and chit chat for a little bit. Yeah. And I think also that um, that trying to hold a class um, the same time or keep the same schedule that you ha have had when you're in a physical space is is not realistic in the virtual space, right? Like, right. I'm not going to spend eight hours a day on the computer. I'm not a programmer. I don't want to stare at the screen that much. No. Um, and I don't think it's healthy for the students either. Absolutely. When Absolutely. One, of, one of the benefits of online is being able to kind of check in work on your own schedule for a little bit. Um, and then like you said earlier, some of those kids are, are now caretakers or mm -hmm. they don't have, uh, you know, I have families who have one computer for five people. So, right. Uh, it's kind of, that's a different challenge to then tie it up for the entire day for one student. Right. And, and totally unreasonable. We have, uh, an online and, uh, version of our high school. And it functions com like under normal circumstances. We have students that go to our online school and their curriculum and structure is totally different than our regular high school. The students that are in that school can take, like I have several students in my ceramic class that are the um, online students. So they come on campus just for one period of day. But the students that are really successful say, it really has to be for the right student to do this full time. So I feel like now that everybody is an online student 
it's going to take time for these kids to learn how to manage their schedule, to um, keep tra- even just keeping track of all the Zoom conferences. I, I don't know about you, but I've got my church is Zoom conferencing. My friends want a Zoom conference. I've got, you know, the people that I'm interviewing. Uh, I've got my student conferences, my I'm department chair. <laughs> it's just like everybody wants to Zoom now. <laughs> right, right. So we have to be very careful about time management and scheduling and leaving time for us to actually work and not just talk about work. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and try to not work for in my case, trying to not work after like five o'clock or something. Like that's been a benefit too, right? Family dinner is way more consistent. Um, it is, yeah. So to just be able to put the tech away and be together. Uh, and be together. Yeah, I love it. Well, thanks so much. Um, I want to give you a chance to uh, share with us your Instagram account if people want to find you and look at your daily draws and if you're going to post those or anything else that you would uh, post up. Um, Yeah, I will. uh, So it's underscore Mike underscore Tilson and it's T-I-L-L-S-O-N. And just kind of uh, fair warning that I am not consistent with the posting so it's no uh, worries it's i think sometimes it's nice mismatch. to just put a face with the voice and see what kind of work they're doing so thanks for sharing that yeah and i appreciate your time today all of the best in the next couple of weeks i'm sure i'll be ch- checking in where we're friends not just uh interview an <laughs> interviewee and so uh check in and and see how things are going and let me know if you need anything reach out okay Yeah, cool. Thank you. You do the same. And uh, I appreciate you inviting me on for the conversation. It was really fun to catch up again with Mike. I have to apologize. I'm so sorry. I really like to talk. This has been a really interesting exercise for me because when I get together with like-minded people, I find that I'm just so inspired and I get so many ideas talking with other ceramics teachers. With Mike, I really enjoyed his honesty about his technology skills. As we change to online instruction, the learning curve is larger for some, and it's really nice to know that we're not alone. I like how Mike talked about taking his projects to the next level, starting with that basic idea and putting it online, but then Mike talks about how to extend it, like the Great Pottery Throwdown plus a worksheet. But then you ask the students, What would you make if you were in the competition or offer a specific challenge like now design your own breakfast set that takes a basic watch this and do this worksheet to a whole nother level. I want to thank all of you who have been commenting and reaching out. I had no idea the response, what the response would be, and it's just been really great. Your feedback is invaluable and it's so appreciated. It just shows me that there are some people out there listening and it's really very exciting. If you'd like to join in, head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and subscribe and write a review if you have the time. You can also head over to weteachclay.com and see the photos of our guests. So with that, I bid you farewell. Stay healthy, friends, and keep connecting. Mm